Welcome back to Sports Legends of the Carolinas, and thank you for subscribing. I'm your host, Scott Fowler, and on this podcast, we speak with some of my favorite sports icons from the region I've covered for almost 30 years. A look at Friday's clash between Clemson and Ohio State University in the Gator Bowl. This week, I'm thrilled to welcome former Clemson head football coach, Danny Ford. Football is not near as important to me today as it was when I was 30 years old. At 30 years old, it was the only thing in the world. Probably sometimes put it before my family, which is wrong, you know. And I know that now. Sometimes it seems like God's got this backwards. The older you are, the smarter you are. And probably you need more responsibility when you're older than when you're younger. Thanks again for supporting this work. Here's the rest of our conversation. Well, there it was, Danny. A first for you on Friday night as a head coach. And what a job you did. You mentioned your first uh, ever game, Danny, briefly, but it's legendary uh, because of what happened with Woody Hayes. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and of course, y'all won it. But describe what you're, you know, you remember about uh, that game, winning your very first game, how that came to be, and, and well, also it, it, it was Coach Pell had decided to go to Florida, and this was in December. But we're going to a bowl game to play, and they said, uh, "Will you coach the bowl game?" I said, "Well." You know, I've never coached, and we're playing Ohio State, and I, I don't know that I really want to start against Woody Hayes. And we just gotten beat the year before by Pittsburgh, got killed on national TV, and Clemson hadn't been on national TV a lot. And do I want to step in that situation? Well, not, not, I'm not going to volunteer for it, you know. So uh, I say, well, if you want to be the head coach, you're going to have to do it. And I said, I'll do it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's how the story kind of went. I said, gee whiz, I said, what in the world? So we get ready for the bowl game, and we're short a couple of coaches. Comes Coach Pale, takes them to Florida and stuff. And so we make do and go in the ball game, and we play really good defense, and, and it's a close game, and it comes down to the end. And they throw a fullback delay, and Charlie Bowman, our nose guard, happens to intercept it. He's never caught a pass in his career, ever probably not even in practice. And here he is on national TV, intercepts the pass. And this is why I didn't feel like he, he was rubbing anything in. Because you never caught a pass, you intercept on national TV, and you're probably going to win the football game or, or at least save the game at that particular time. But you run on the wrong side of the field and you're jumping up and down because you're so happy. Here, here I am. Well, that didn't suit Coach Hayes too good, so Coach Hayes well, kind of lost something at that particular point, which is easy to do. I've done it in one or two games myself. And just, just forget what all really this football's about. You, you just don't think. I don't know what triggered the action here on the sideline. Now we got uh, an official in Woody Hayes involved here. And uh, so he doesn't think, and he makes a mistake. And it doesn't hurt the guy because he's got all his equipment on, but he hits the guy. And during the, during the fight breaks out, and, and then, so I'm 
running across the field and and uh, trying to separate the players. And, and next thing I know, I, one of their guys kind of grabs me and pulls me out of the way. And I said, oh, he must think I'm a, he don't know I'm the coaster. <laughs> so, so he knocked over my hat off my head and, I get over and pick up my head. I'm doing what Coach Fry says, break the fight up. Don't fight. Dogs fight, you know, and just break them up. And after that boy kind of threw me around a little bit, I got my hat and I went back, <laughs> back on my sideline. I, I didn't know. He didn't tell me what to do if they, they throw you around up there, you know. He figured somebody yeah, else could yeah, break the fight yeah, up. Yeah, somebody else can do this. You know, they got equipment on. I ain't got no equipment on. And that's the best I remember. It, uh-huh. it, it, it was – you know, I, I just got pushed around pretty good. <laughs> I don't want to get in the middle of this, you know. <laughs> now, whether they meant to do it or not, you know, I don't know. And probably right. not. I didn't, probably thought I was a manager or something. Uh, but anyway, we we win the game. And it's my wife and I, we hungry. We um, I hadn't ate all day. I'm nervous as I can be and scared to death and don't know what's going to do. And they never done it on me, national TV. So we walk to the beach and get something to eat and come back and there's newspaper people there. And Charlie Bowman never said anything about being here. Oh, we did? No. So you so didn't we, know even what started the two fight. Two o'clock at night, I didn't even know it. And it's going to be another 15-yard penalty against Ohio State, and that one's thrown against the coach. Unsportsmanlike conduct. Huh. Yeah, so you didn't know Hayes had punched him? No, not, not at all. And... and I don't know if I ought to say that or not, but if you go back to the film on television copy, uh, there's two guys doing the broadcasting, and, and they come back after the timeout, and they said, do, do you believe that? So they knew it, but they didn't share it with the TV audience, and they shouldn't have shared it with oh, the TV audience. Right. But they, they saw it, too. But we never saw it from the sideline, and, and I don't know how many people in the stadium knew it. So, so yeah, that's a big bunch of people at uh, at two or three o'clock in the hotel and we happen to walk in and, and coming in from getting something to eat and what do you think about this? Don't know nothing about it. Uh, so then it breaks and and, and uh, they let him go, which he was a great football coach and a great gentleman and all. So he calls, he, he calls me one Sunday afternoon and says, will I give him Charlie Bowman's telephone number? And I said, sure. But anyway, now whether he called him or not, I don't know, I think he did, but he he did at least call me, and I think he called Charlie. Charlie never mentioned it. Charlie does not like the fact that he was involved in it. You know, we just need to do a good job and get something, maybe some of them Ohio kids that we, we can go up there and <laughs> tell them what Clemson that. is. You yeah. keep mentioning that. you got a new car to drive up there. Um, well, I'll tell you, that, uh, those people at Clemson, I'm gonna do, uh, they're not ordinary. We, we don't <laughs> think our football players are ordinary, and we know they're not. You can't be ordinary and play football, and I don't believe you can be a, be a, a Clemson fan without being ordinary, and they, they surprise the devil out of us, I'll tell you that. We haven't talked yet, Danny, about the national championship season. Oh, yeah. Uh, which was... Gosh, 41, 40, 41 years ago now, amazingly. Long time. What do you remember most about your win to seal it over Nebraska? Well, I grew up watching Nebraska and Oklahoma every Thanksgiving, watching TV, you know. 
Yeah. And then we were going to play Nebraska, you know, and they play Oklahoma every year, <laughs> Thanksgiving, yeah. and they go in the bowl game every year. And they got Tom Osborne. And, and, uh, they were a dynasty. In yeah. the 70s, they'd won a couple oh, of national yeah. championships, I think. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, we just got better. We play and we play good and we're just as good as they are. And we probably uh, maybe a little bit better than they are. And not when you see your people every day, just like you go to work every day or these people are listening or watching, go to work every day and see the same people every day and work with the same people. You never realize how really gifted some of them are because you take it for granted there every day. Their history is a lot better than ours. We can't be as good as that, but really we are, and really we might be better. And you underestimate your your people sometimes, and that's that's a negative. Uh, but I never wanted to build our people up too much because I, I you know, I didn't want them to get big headed. I'd, I'd rather have a little chip on my shoulder. I'd rather be a little bit underdog. Clemson is not on the map. Yeah, where is Clemson University at, and what do y'all do down there? You know. Yeah. <laughs> so Nebraska. Yeah was still kind of, where are y'all at exactly? What state are y'all in? And, uh, you know, we're in Nebraska. We're the only school in Nebraska. They, they wasn't being boastful. They, just, they, they were big, big time. And here, little, little time, Clemson, and trying to become big time. Uh, and that game helped us become big time, I think. I think that was... As more, even though they've won two since and deserving to win two, and it had been an excellent, excellent program under under Coach Sweeney and and in their staff. And here, uh, the first one is something that's never happened before. It's very special. You got to start. I guess it's like a baby taking his first step walking. You know. You got to take that first step, or you can, don't know if you'll ever walk. And and I'd really, when we won that first one, I said, "Well, that might be the one, only one Clemson ever wins in their entire history." Thankfully, I was wrong. But that was my thinking. But because there's so many good, so many good things that got to happen for you. So many. To yeah. and you got to be so lucky. You got to be so good. You got to be. I mean, it's not. Uh, I mean, golly, and somebody nobody can get hurt. You know, you nobody know, knows. Coach can't make no stupid call. Uh, nobody can fumble. I mean, it's just so many things that's got to go right, and so many things that you're gonna have control of. Either that's that's the other thing, and that's what I'm saying. It just it was just meant to happen. And it happened. You know, I was very fortunate to be where I was at Clemson at my age and at the time. I don't think I would enjoy being in all that now. I just coaching at all? Yeah, I don't think so. Why is that? Well, it's too much. Too much. Uh, number one, I don't. I don't think uh, that that players should be paid different amounts of money, and some paid and some not. I mean, number one, that is not equal, not fair. In NCAA college football is always supposed to have been about student athletes which it never really has been, but it's supposed to be, and they've been the the, the head of, of everything. And then what they say goes, doesn't go no more. There's no rules and no regulations. I mean, I mean, and, and I was an offensive lineman, and my poor offensive lineman, 
They don't get nothing, and this quarterback getting two million dollars. I might miss a block or two, you know. Uh, people don't could care less what I think, but I don't. I don't know if it's gonna for the United States of America. If some leadership don't show up, this country's in bad shape. And if we ain't got no better to choose from than what people are running right now, and the leadership that we got, there's somebody that's a better leader in, in this in this world that, that can keep the United States straight. Somebody can keep this college football straight. Now, who it is, I don't know. But if it's now 10 years from now, I'm not sure there's going to be college football. Really? I, I mean, why would they be when half the teams can't compete? You know, or it might be club ball. But I don't, I don't necessarily see college football being as good as it's going to be. Number one, you're going to price yourself out of tickets. Very few family people can go to games like they used to. You know, it used to be a family affair. You know, mm-hmm. you, you take your kid. God, you'd have to spend two or three thousand dollars a weekend now to go to ball. Gas like it is and stuff. And, you pay for your seats, you pay for your parking, you pay for get something to eat, get something to drink. Uh, your hotels, you got to stay two day minimum now, not just one day. You, you, to belong to the club, you got to pay twenty five thousand dollars, twenty thousand. Next thing you know, you you, you done bought the school. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you before we forget, and we and we're still on the eighties a little bit, but tell me what it was like coaching Refrigerator Perry. Oh, just a. a when he first got here, just a super young man. I mean, it still was – he's gone through a lot of tough times here right now and this time of, year, time of his life right now especially. Uh, but back then he was just happy-go-lucky, super nice young man. Wasn't as big as he was going to get – could dunk a basketball, could do a flip and a half off a wooden diving board. Uh, just uh, just a freak of an athlete. And uh, he was quite fun to be around. And just a dominant, dominant player. You never early, handed him off the ball, did you? Uh, that was early his, no, no, early yeah. in his career, he got married. So married students and didn't live in L.A. dorm. They lived in apartments. So, so his being married, we had very few kids being married back then. But uh, we wasn't around them. You know, when they finished, they had family. When these other kids finished, they didn't have no horror, but dorm and football life. Mm-hmm. I mean, and when, when you're married and you got responsibilities, and you, 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 you go home to your wife and, and you got those responsibilities too. You got There's two people instead of one. So... Uh, uh, that part of it, uh, I didn't, I wasn't seeing him as much as some of the other guys. But I mean, on the football field, he was, he'd done, they'd send me a report or something. He ain't working hard enough in the weight room and he ain't doing what he's supposed to. And I'd bring him in there and get on to him a little bit and say something to him. He said, Well, I'll go down there. He'd go down there and lift more weights than anybody. <laughs> Bench press more than him, and leg press more than him. He ain't been doing any of that. How do you tell people now when they ask you and they really don't know at this, because like you say, time has passed, but why do you say things ended at Clemson for you? 
Why? Why? Oh, well, I mean, I had a, I wanted the best for our, our football team, and I think, and, and uh, I didn't really feel like the administration was wanted the same thing that we needed to do. If we were going to be where we wanted to be and, and all that, and, and uh, that was probably the, the main reasons. Uh, should I have done things different? Maybe, probably, could have. Would we have gone downhill? Certainly, because it wasn't the deed. And I'll take credit for this today. You won't ever see that at Clemson again. What? Which part of it? The backing of administration. Oh, right. Yeah. You'll never, you, you, you won't see them needing something or facilities up and get it done. It'll get done. Things are way different now. Aren't yeah. They? Yeah, on the yeah. facilities. Yeah. Dabo gets pretty much what he wants. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's why they win. That's why they can address, that's why they can attract uh, student athletes that are good players because they want to be, they want that. They want to be in the best. Uh, I mean, it, it was like an arms race there for a while, you know, you know, and they said, and, but you notice the people that won that arms race, they're not suffering in football. The people that did want to join the arms race, they're suffering. It's just amazing how that works. And so, do you regret anything at Clemson? I mean, no, no, because if I hadn't, if I hadn't done, you know, yeah, I wish I'd been, I wish I'd been able to coach a player's son. Mm. That would have been that'd been ideal to see if he's tough as his daddy is. Yeah. Like a second generation. Yeah, Clemson I'd like player. to see. I'd like to see that. That would have been required sticking around twenty years, I guess. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I like to have done that. I like to coach one of my 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 player sons, but you know that, that wasn't meant to be either. So, it, you know, I don't. I know I don't regret anything. I mean, I really don't. Uh, because you can't live in regrets. You know, I mean, what happens? What happened? It's like what happened when I got to be a coach at thirty years old. How do you explain that? You know, when we had a guy in our staff meeting that already won a national championship as a head coach, Nick Mickey Andrews, uh-huh. at a smaller school in Livingston in in North Alabama, and much more prepared than to be a head coach than I was. I got no, no, no shoot, I'd, I'd be if the next life is as good as this one, and I know it's going to be better. Then man, I said, heaven can't wait. <laughs> Uh, last thing, I guess, it just you you ended football at um, Arkansas, Arkansas, five years there, and then I think you were fifty when it y'all broke up. You and Arkansas, roughly about that age. It was ninety seven. Yeah. I know. Um, yeah, you got see, that, that, that's forty nine fifty, but never coached again. And, and yeah, um, what do you attribute that to? Did you want to coach again? I know there were. An opportunity to East Carolina, I believe, maybe yeah. some others. Uh, well, I had to farm, you know. And I done had kind of reestablished myself here. Uh, I had a young son and some daughters. I mean, older, but still young enough to have to need their daddy. Football's not near as important to me today as it was when I was 30 years old. At 30 years old, it was the only thing in the world. Probably sometime put it before my family, which is wrong, you know. And I know that now. And if I could go back, 
instead of sitting over there and saying, well, I'm going to outwork somebody, so I'm going to go to work at 7 o'clock, and, and I ain't coming home to 12. Well, if I'd use my time a little bit better, I might could have came home at 8, you know. And them kids might have saw me before they went to bed. And went out and see, I ain't got to beat nobody now. It's My life's a lot more simpler. And I don't have to watch football. I don't have to have football. Back then, I had to have football. Uh, football's not as important. Now, what's just as more important today is my players that I that play for. They're like my children. Uh, it's still, again, when you're running out of time on this earth, Things change. I mean, at 30, you never think you're going to die. You, you, you never think, will I ever be 70 years old? Oh, 70's old. Oh, I never will be 70. I'm 30. Now, 70 is here. I mean, 74 is here. <laughs> that ain't old. I feel good. <laughs> Man, I'm looking for I'm looking for 100. I'm looking for 90. Uh, but, but things, I guess... Uh, Things never stay the same, I guess. And I, I wish I could, I wish I was a, a poet or this is where I wish I was really highly educated, could figure this thing out of, of why, why do things change in your, in, in your life and perspective of what you believe in and what you do. And, but you still got your core value of what, how you were raised. You know, that's, that's why I'm, I was very appreciative of where I came from. To back up, but you you were from Gadsden, is mm-hmm. that what it was? Yeah. And what you mentioned, your dad punched the clock. What did he do? He worked at Goodyear. He went, my my daddy was a my daddy quit school probably in the fourth fifth grade, which everybody did at his age. I was he was forty when I was born, and mother was thirty eight. Mama mama quit school too, and because that's what they did. And daddy worked in a cotton mill. Daddy worked steel plant, and he worked thirty seven years at Goodyear. Nothing but a plant. Lived in the mill house. I mean, what did all that? And but but, 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 but we, we didn't know any better. We thought we had it better than most people. Mm-hmm. And we had money in the cabinet. If you need money, get get money out of the cabinet. Uh, but don't get nothing you don't need. You know. I mean, that's just. I had clothes. We uh, we didn't have a two bedroom house. I, you know. I mean, you, you just did things. That you thought was normal back then because that's what you had. That's what everyone did. Yeah. Daddy came home from the plant and you worked in the garden where you played sports. I chose sports. That's why you played more than one, right? <laughs> and yeah. I played baseball and I played basketball and I played all year round because if you came home, you worked. Daddy worked you. It wasn't no, we'll watch TV. I mean, we had a window fan and, and, uh, and we had an air conditioned window unit later on and we had a Black and white television for a long time, and then we had color TV, and man, I had a great life. I've always thought I've been loyal. Never tried to hurt anybody on purpose. I'm sure I have hurt people, and sure said the wrong thing. There's a better way than than I used to do it. You never think of how what you do and how how, how you say things that like you could say them differently and get the same results. But you, but when you're young, you don't think. You don't. You don't have, I guess the thing about getting old, you have more time on your hands that you can think about things that you would have done differently. And you said, regrets, yeah, I have regrets in the fact that, I don't know, I'm, I'm rambling a little bit, but but I, I just wish I had been, sometime it seemed like God's got this backwards. The older you are, the smarter you are. And probably you need more responsibility when you're older than when you're younger. And he gives you children 
when you have to work your butt off to provide for them, he gives your grandchildren what you love. <laughs> <laughs> when you can take care of them right. and want to be around them all the time, you know. Right. And, and I know he got a plan of what he did and why he did things. And, and I just hadn't ever figured out everything <laughs> that that is at this particular point. But I, as I grow older, I'm I'm, I'm learning more about. You it. You sound so, like you've learned a lot to me. Uh, well, I, I, like I told you other about them vegetables growing them in the greenhouse. I know how to I know how to prune a cucumber and and zucchinis. And up to this year, it took me 73 years to learn how to do that. Well, there you go. So I learned something this year. And as long as I feel like I'm learning something, you know, and, and I think I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I just don't want to quit learning. <laughs> well, this has been a remarkable conversation. It's been fun. Uh, and it's fun to go back. It's just like, uh, it's just like probably going to a wedding or something. You really don't want to do it and you don't want to go. Because you got to dress up and you got to get cleaned up and you can't just wake up and do what you want to. You got a day plan. But once you get there, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your wedding today? Well, yeah. All right. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, anything you got to go to. You just, yeah, I know what you're you, you, you like, oh, oh, do I really, I really don't want right. to do this. Why do I do this? Why do I want to do this? But after you do it, you say, well, I'm glad I did this. Good guys, maybe to help them, maybe maybe uh, people will get something out of it. Maybe I can affect somebody through this, uh, and they, they'll not make the same mistakes I made. So, good, good, good work. Well, that is Danny glad you're doing your Glad you're doing your job. <laughs> Thank you again for subscribing and supporting local journalism. I'm Scott Fowler, and this is Sports Legends of the Carolinas. This show is produced by Jeff Siner and Kata Stevens, and the director of audio at McClatchy is Davin Coburn. For lots more content and to continue supporting this kind of work, please visit charlotteobserver.com slash sportslegends and consider a digital subscription. Connect with me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fowler or by email at sfowler at charlotteobserver.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you hear, please share with a friend. See you next week.